Hey, welcome. All those who are joining us right now at our virtual campus, we welcome you right now to New Life, and we're so glad that you could be with us today. And today I am preaching about Celebrate. We're starting a three-part series today. It'll be first, part one will be today, part two is going to be on Friday night. And part three will be on Easter morning. And you're not going to want to miss any of them. Today we're going to, I'm going to be preaching about celebrate, leading to the cross. And so you're not going to want to miss any of these um, sermons, this series, because I'm not doing it one, two, three each Sunday. This is going to be today, Good Friday. And Good Friday starts at 5 o'clock and you'd... This is one of those services you want to come to. And then um, Easter morning, um, of course, we're having breakfast at 9, and 10 o'clock, we're having a rip-roar and resurrection service. And he, this series is entitled Celebrate. But before I start preaching it, here's this first. Okay, praise the Lord. I was just finishing turning in my Bible to the scripture we have today. Today, we're going to be in your Bibles. Turn to John chapter 12. Good news, folks, is that Friday we will have our screen back. And so we will have all that back and we'll have all our technology back and it's going to be great, right? And so, um, but today you better turn in your Bibles to John chapter 12 and we're going to start at verse 12. And if you're still struggling to find it, it's on, in my Bible, it's on page 744. Um, John is the fourth book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you get to Acts or Romans, you went too far back up to John chapter 12. And uh, those chapters have those big, heavy, bold numbers. They're big and bold. And uh, John chapter 12, starting in verse 12, says, The next day a great multitude had come to the feast. And when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, now this feast was Passover. They were getting there early. They booked their rooms, they were getting to the hotels and motels, and they were going over to the, um, back in the day, their Motel 6, <laughs> right? And uh, uh, the Jer Jerusalem Arms, you know, they were coming into town, staying with family, and um, so there was a great multitude there. And when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this message today, for this week, Lord, that we celebrate the whole reason you came in the first place. Lord, we get so excited about Christmas, but Lord, this is the these are the holidays we need to be mostly excited for. Because without 
Good Friday and Easter, none of us would be saved. And so, Lord, we praise you for this time that you are the Passover lamb, that, Lord, you saved us. And help us, Lord, to share this good news with others this week and invite someone to church because, Lord, we have so many people that we know that need you, Jesus. We praise you for this. And, Lord, help me to hide behind the cross so all they can hear and see is you, Jesus. We praise you for this. Thank you for your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. They shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But by the end of the week, they will be shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him! You know, Apollo Sunday, I started thinking about it, about this week. What is Jesus doing? What is he preparing to do? He is preparing to go to war. Is he not? And so I started thinking about Palm Sunday. Do you remember the old footage from World War I and World War II? The most famous footage you see is the doughboys in England marching off to war, right? And the crowds are just cheering and waving the, 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 the Union Jack as they go and bands are playing and everybody thought World War I was going to be over within a short time, right? Our veterans from World War II and Korea know how they were celebrated, not the ones that went to Vietnam, but, which is sad. I remember when we went to the Gulf War back in the 90s. How people, I was pastoring in Maine and the troops were getting ready to deploy and the air, airport terminal was packed. This is before 9-11. Packed with people cheering the troops on as they were heading to their planes to go to Iraq. And when they came home, they also met them to cheers. The same crowd that showed up to send them off showed up to welcome them home. Now think about that. This is what re this reminds me of. Jesus is coming to Jerusalem to go to battle. Jesus is coming to Jerusalem to fight our war. Jesus is coming to get our victory over sin. He's coming to defeat sin. He's coming to defeat death. He's coming to defeat the grave, correct? And so he's coming to that. And what happens? Just like when we sent our troops off to war, Jesus is being cheered as he comes into Jerusalem. Hmm. But by the end of the week, they're crying, crucify him, crucify him. You know what the, the, the religious leaders did? They made sure that while all the people that were cheering for him at the hotels hadn't gone up yet, gotten up from, for the morning. They were making sure that the people from Bethany who followed Jesus over from Lazarus' being raised from the dead were still at home eating breakfast. They were making sure that all the good people in Jerusalem weren't going to be at the trial of Jesus. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar to stuff going on today, huh? And they had the drunks there. They had the people who were returning home from drinking all night, carousing all night, who were easily swayed 
to shout, crucify him, crucify him, the very one that was going to later set those people free. Isn't that awesome? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's how God demonstrated his love for us. Is it not? And so here Jesus is, and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Verse 14. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written. He was fulfilling prophecy here. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Hmm. I, I like the fact that the disciples were caught up in the moment. I know some of you get caught up in the moment. We'll have a special speaker in special music, somebody will come and do special music, and some of us get so caught up in the moment. And there's nothing wrong with that. The disciples got caught up in the moment. They didn't understand what was going on, did they? Until after Jesus was glorified. They didn't realize he needed to ride that little donkey that Jesus sent his disciples to go get. Right? They didn't understand all those things that he was fulfilling Scripture until after the resurrection, when the Holy Spirit opened it all up to them. See, the thing is, as Christians, we need to be reading our Bibles. Why? Because the very things we need to know are found in this book, so we don't just get caught up in moments. I, I, I saw a young gal, young girl, millennial, so young lady, young woman, there, now I'm not going to get in trouble with the woke crowd. A young woman on Facebook the other day. Somebody who loves Donald J. Trump. Just loves him. Worked at the White House for him. But she was very upset at what she was seeing. Because there are those who compared Trump to Jesus Christ. And she was upset because, oh, did you see what they wrote? It's Lent. And just during Lent, they arrest, they indict Trump, just like Jesus. And what she got upset with, and just like Jesus, he will rise again. You know what? I'm going to tell you why Donald Trump is having trouble. It's not because he has enemies. We all have enemies. We, the biggest enemy we have is Satan. Did you ever hear of that guy? You know why he has trouble? Because he doesn't tell them not to glorify him when they do these things. There was a book that was being handed out trying to make Trump to be like the Messiah at one of his rallies. And he never told them, no, I am not God, only Jesus Christ is. And this is why he's been having his troubles. God's trying to get a hold of him. And you know who I blame? 
It's not really Trump. I blame the pastors around him who don't tell him that's wrong. Because he has his spiritual advisors and he has his pastor and she comes and meets with him all the time. Why? This is why he's having difficulty. Only Jesus. You know what happened? Okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to go off a little bit on this. Do you know what happened to King Herod? Not King Herod the Great, his grandson. You know what happened to him? He went ahead and he killed James the Apostle. The Apostle James had his head cut off. Saw that it pleased the people. So he comes out and he's wearing all golden a golden shirt and all this stuff. So when the sun hit it, it glistened. And they were calling him the Messiah. And they were making such a big deal out of him. And he didn't tell them not to worship him. And you know what the very next thing Acts says happened? God struck him with worms and the worms ate him from the inside out. And he died right there on the spot. You do not go ahead and take Christ's place. That's why I'm praying for our former president. Because he doesn't tell the folks, knock that off. I am not Jesus Christ. He's the one who died for us. He needs to make a public statement. We've got to be careful that we don't get caught up in moments. Those people were getting caught up in a moment. They don't understand this. And they don't understand what Jesus did to pay our debts so that we could be saved. After the resurrection, however, they completely understood because the Holy Spirit came. And we must view Scripture by way of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything that we view in Scripture must be viewed through the lens of the cross and His resurrection. We look back to the Old Testament through His resurrection and through the cross, and we look forward to His second coming through the cross and His resurrection because everything, the whole history of the world, pivots on what Jesus did for us on the cross. If we don't view things by way of what Jesus did and dying for us and resurrecting for us, we lose so much of what Paul tells. You know Paul, out of all the books in the Bible, Paul writes so much on the cross because he had full understanding he knew in order to look forward. He knew in order to do for Christ. He knew that for our understanding, it needed to be viewed by the cross and Jesus' resurrection. He says, if there is no resurrection, then we're, our words are useless. But Jesus did rise from the dead. And he died on the cross so you and I could be saved. And Jesus is entering Jerusalem with this mission in mind as he heads towards the cross.
Verse 17. Therefore the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb. You see, there was a whole bunch in the crowd that were shouting Hosanna and put those palm branches on the ground. It's because they were at Lazarus' funeral. Remember? Jesus showed up four days late. Actually, four days on time. Right? He gets there. He raises Lazarus from the dead. All these people who were at the funeral, they show up. They're all excited. They're telling everybody, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was a very wealthy man. Everybody knew who he was. He raised him from the dead. I mean, it was in the Jerusalem Times. It was reported in the obituary page that Lazarus was dead. Jesus shows up. What does he do? Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes hopping out of the tomb. Jesus says, get him unwrapped out of that. Give him a shower and feed him. Well, he was stinky and all. After his sister says, you don't want to open that tomb. He's going to be really stinky. Nope, roll away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. I can't wait for the rapture when Jesus tells us to come forth and all those people that we love are going to come up out of their graves, meet us, and we all go swooping through the air to be with Jesus. Mm. They bore witness, the Bible says. For this reason, the people also met him, because they heard that he had done this sign. Did you see that? They bore witness. What are we doing? These people were so excited about what happened with old Lazarus, then they bore witness and got the whole town to show up. We got somebody who rose from the dead greater than Lazarus, and he didn't have to be called forth. He just raised himself up, as we're going to see next week. Our Savior rose from the dead. He didn't die again like Lazarus did. Our Savior rose from the dead, and he's alive forevermore, sitting at the right hand of God the Father, waiting to call us home. Shouldn't we bear witness more than those folks who are all excited about Lazarus? we got the King of kings and Lord of lords and he lives in our heart. Shouldn't we be excited to tell them? we got to... Mm, it's time we started doing church outside of these walls and see the mission field that's in front of us and see ourselves as all missionaries trying to reach them. My word. Jeremy talked to me about getting a van. We'd love to get a van so we could pick up more people. We know a lot of people need a lift to church. We talked about that. Can you imagine how much easier to get that van if we get outside these walls and start bearing witness? Get more people in here? They would share the, get, catch the vision of being able to pick up people who can't drive? Jeremy, wouldn't it be cool if we, we were bearing witness out there? And not only did we were able to have more people come in, put more money in the plate so we can get the van... Get this one, Jeremy. You'll like this one. But also that we find somebody who that we bore witness to. They get saved. They come to the church. All of a sudden, they want to drive the van for you. Hmm. Be better than the taxi cab. Taxi cab's a lot of fun. Can you imagine? 
We'll just, we'll, just throw on, we'll just throw Tiny on that bus to start singing songs all the way to church. She could just be singing songs all the way to church while somebody else is driving, right? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get Barb to drive the bus. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> That'd be an amusement park ride. You know what? She'd probably have a lot of fun with that. I love Barb. She's a lot of fun. Saw her the other day, and I had to tease her because she's always taking my mother-in-law all this good food. I said, yeah, but she's always bragging to me all that food you bring, and you don't bring me any. It's good to have friends, isn't it? She's one of the best. Verse 17 says they bore witness, shouldn't we too? The resurrection of Lazarus stirred up the people. I'm going to ask you again. Then what should the resurrection of Jesus do? If the, the resurrection of Lazarus stirred up the people, what should the resurrection of Jesus do? Don't you have friends? My word, you know what the... Here's the problem. The boomers were all about themselves. Me, 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 me. And the millennials, I'm just so laid back. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like a boomer on a Saturday. I just want to be laid back. The Zers are coming up. They're a bunch of libertarians. Let anything go. But they're much more, because they're libertarians, they're more conservative. Mm. It's going to be interesting ministering to them. You know what? We need, we need to fill up our church with all those ears because they're the youth group of today. Come on. Come on. Besides, I keep on telling people, I, I was talking to somebody who classified millennial. I said, I don't look at millennials and boomers and survivors and Xers and all these different names. I said, the generation I'm reaching are all the people who are still breathing. <laughs> you know what? He really liked that. In fact, I'm trying to get him to come. He'd be a good addition. To the church. Corey would like to have him around because he knows technology. Of course, the Jews were looking for a sign. They're always looking for a sign. That's what Jesus told. And, and, and but we need to be people of faith. See, see. Thomas went ahead and acted like a good Jew. Unless I see the nail prints in his hands and the wound in his side I, and be able to put my fingers in them, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus showed up and he never did that. He just fell to his knees and said, my Lord and my God. But Jesus says, blessed are those who believe him though they didn't see. So you know what that tells me? Jesus is telling me as Christians, we need to be people of faith. And as people of faith, we should be stirred up all the time to share Jesus. 
I know for some of you that's scary. But you know, if you just started doing it, it wouldn't be scary anymore. My word, why should the, why should the Jehovah Witnesses be calling you up on the phone inviting you to Easter? I got a phone call the other day, left a message. I had my suspicions, and it was, my suspicion was proven right when they told me, J.W., that's Jehovah Witness. Well, they're not leading anybody to Jesus. They don't even see Jesus as God's son. They don't even view Jesus as God. But why should they be braver than us? Of course, they have, to, they have to knock on so many doors. They have to sell so many things. They have to do so many things to get to heaven. But why should they be braver than us? We were given the gospel for free. We accepted it for free. And we are supposed to freely give what we received. We should be the most brave people on earth because we got King Jesus living in our hearts. With God on our side, who do we need to be afraid of? Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. And Judy and I were talking about, I know some of you folks are saying to me, yes, Pastor, but all my friends are either saved or in church someplace. Because look at my age. Some of them are in heaven already. <laughs> right? But you know what? We got nieces and nephews and great nieces and great nephews. We got grandchildren. We have young people that we deal with all the time. Just invite. You know what I've been finding? Here's something for you next time you're at the clinic. Where do you go to church? I just got to ask. Where do you go to church? You know what? I have not met a young person today yet who got me ups gotten upset with me when I asked him, where do you go to church? Not one has gotten upset with me. And then they'll give me, re they'll, they'll either tell me where they're going or give me their the reason why they're not. And that helps me to be able to know what do I need to say next. And I always end by just inviting them. We'd love to have you come. We're very relational. We're very loving. We care for one another. We'll meet you right where you are at. Verse 19. Ooh, we're moving along good. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, all these people are all excited. You know, usually we do that other verse. Jesus, stop them from acting like this. And Jesus said to them, if I tell them to stop, the very stones and rocks are going to cry out. We're used to seeing that one, but listen to what the Pharisees said to the, each other. You see, that you're accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. See, they're already recognizing they couldn't stop Jesus. So they thought, if we could just kill him. <laughs> they, were, they were playing right into God the Father's hands, weren't they? The world has gone after him, and it's, the world is still going after him. But you know what? 
Let me just remind you of something. The world has always tried to stop the word of God from spreading. They've always tried to stop the gospel from spreading. And let me tell you something. It never has stopped. And God wants to use us, wants to use you to continue to spread the gospel. Pretty soon it's going to be announced we're going into another country. We're already really there. We're just finishing up the, the formalities. There's another church group in another country that wants to join the church of God. We have gone over a huge threshold in membership around the world. We're not excited because we went over that threshold. You know what we're excited about? We're in another country and we're getting ready to reach more countries and we are in countries we cannot talk about because those missionaries who are there, those dear saints who are there in those countries would be executed for believing in Jesus. We can't talk about it. We are in so many countries now in the world. We have almost, we're so excited. Dr. Hill is so excited that we could actually see the fulfillment in Matthew 24, of preaching the gospel in all of the world. You know what happens then? Remember what we studied when we were studying that part of Revelation? We went back to Matthew 24. You know what happens then? When the gospel is preached in all of the world, Jesus takes us home in the rapture. We're so close. By the way, this summer, money is going to change. We're getting closer to Christ's return. Mm. Tell your congressmen and your senators you don't you want to keep your greenbacks. Our, 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 our minority communities in the United States have already told them. We need to join with them and say, no, we want to keep our greenbacks. They need to hear. Because there's some senators on both sides of the aisle that want you to keep your greenbacks. You know what the greenbacks is? That dollar that you have, you know, that has those funny presidents on them? Pray. But you know what that tells me? I'm not worried about it. Because, but God. But you know why I'm not worried about it? Because it's got to happen. We're getting, we're in the birth pains. These things are going to happen as we get closer to Christ's return, right? After we're raptured out of here, what happens? They tell you you can't buy or sell unless you got the mark. Well, if that's the case, Hal, that means this kind of stuff is supposed to happen, right? I'm not worried about it because I have faith in Jesus. His wrath is not God's wrath. God's the Father's wrath is not poured out on his church. It is for the Antichrist and his followers. So no matter what happens, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Wow. I wasn't going to go there today, but I felt like I'm very prophetic on that because we need to know these things are coming. 
And we should get excited. That should energize our faith to bear witness about Jesus before it's too late because we're gone. Can we go to verse 27? Jesus has entered in. He's now, the parade is over with. He's talking to the, the disciples. He's praying. And he says to them, Now my soul, verse 27, Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Same day. The day Palm Sunday. Father, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. And I can see him pausing there and thinking. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Jesus knew what laid ahead of him. It is the reason he came and was born as a baby in the manger. The Immaculate Conception started when Mary found she was pregnant of the Lord, gave birth to Jesus in Bethlehem and laid him in the manger. But it wasn't over with. He was running up to this time where Jesus would face the cross. And it was finished when he rose from the dead. Hallelujah, doesn't that, oh, that should get you excited. He had to fulfill his mission. So what does Jesus do? He pressed in. Time to go to war. And he won, by the way. He won, by the way. He won the battle. Oh, Corey, should you sing a special? The battle is over. It is finished. There'll be no more war. It is finished. Oh, this week, let us bear, let us proceed. Let us bear witness to the victory Christ has won for us on the cross. And here's what I want you to do. This is the week they give, besides Christmas, this is the one week all of your friends give you permission to invite them to church. Come on. Are you hearing me? This is the week that your friends give you permission to invite them to church. Why? Because Easter Sunday. They will not give you that hard of a time for inviting them to church because it's Easter. Because, you know, they're probably curious about what this is all about anyway because they don't know who Jesus is. Invite them. Invite them to Good Friday. Invite them to Easter. Besides, we're going to have yummy food on Easter Sunday morning. Oh, come on. Tiny's bringing her favorite. I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> Right? Lorraine's making her famous egg bake. Carol's just bringing orange juice. <laughs> well, we got to have orange juice. It's breakfast. And Hal is going to bake Easter cookies. No, he's not. 
In the old days, he would have. But he's got a working stove, but he can't, he can't lift those trays like he used to. That, that's the problem. That's the problem. Oh, we're going to have a great time. So invite your friends. Press in. Invite them. Get them here. Bring them. My word, Jeremy and I have to grab more tables and set more tables up. We will. Right? <coughs> Invite somebody for Good Friday and Easter service. Let's press in. Let's get excited about the one who rose from the dead. Let's talk about him and get our friends to come. It'll be, it'll be more fun than Palm Su- the original Pound Sunday. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, help us to press in. Help us to do church outside of these walls. Help us, Lord, to invite our friends so they can hear the gospel message. So many of our friends don't know you as Savior, Jesus. Help us to win them so they too can be saved. We praise you for this in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Jesus, that you pressed in and you died for us. And you came with a shout of victory on Easter morning because you won the battle for us. And because of it, we are saved. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I am so glad that you have joined us. And listen, all you have to do to get saved is believe in your heart and confess that Jesus rose from, that he died for you on the cross and he rose from the dead for you. That's as simple as it gets to be saved. So if you haven't done that, just ask Jesus, just say, Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you, Lord, you rose from the dead and I believe it. Thank you for coming in my heart right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You pray that simple prayer. Welcome to the family of God. And, and if you prayed that prayer with me, hit the, the little heart button at Facebook and the thumbs up button at uh, YouTube. We'd like to be praying for you because we would be, oh my word, you give your heart to Jesus, you set off the biggest party in heaven because you've come home and you're now a child of the King. I'll see you next. Remember, this Wednesday at 6, Good Friday at 5. On Sunday, it all starts at 9 o'clock for breakfast and 10 o'clock for church. We'd love to have you come. New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street, 1021 South Center Street in Wapiton, North Dakota. That's the end of the airport road. Hey, by the way, I'll see you next time.